Well, today we uh, heard from the Gospel of Mark. So there we go. Um, reading through the Gospel of Mark uh, this year. And we uh, had the Beatitudes. There are two sets of Beatitudes, one in the Gospel of Mark, one in the Gospel of Matthew, and we heard the Gospel of Mark today. And the Beatitudes, if we had to boil down kind of the aspect of Christianity, how Christianity changes us and kind of the heart, the message of Christianity, uh, a lot of people have pointed to the Beatitudes. Beatitudes tell us what is what it means to be blessed. Now, these are not normal things of the world and normal things of human nature. Human nature does not rejoice or think about the blessedness of being poor in spirit. Or in the Gospel of Mark, uh, sorry, this was Matthew, Mark just says blessed are the poor, right? How, How do we often think about what blessedness is? Being rich. We don't think of being blessed as being mournful or being meek, or clean of heart. But yet, this is what God gives us. He tells us, blessed, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, who seek uh, righteousness. And so, today, we kind of turn the world upside down. We take what the world says is good and the ways of blessedness or success, and we turn that upside down and we look at it differently. And this should help give us hope. It should help give us hope because if you're anything like me, uh, if you're a normal human, you see the worst of yourself and the best of everyone else. It's common human nature to look at the best of other people. And in fact, even when people say, that we're, or sometimes we do have, uh, think that we're better than other people, it's often out of pride and insecurity. It's actually not from a necessarily really a, a solid place. Um, and so we often look at other people and we look at them and say that they've got it all together or they've got it good or they're blessed or they're doing well, but I'm not. I'm suffering or I'm struggling in some specific way. Now, social media has made that even worse, Right? Social media, people only put forth what they want other people to see. And what do you want, what what do they often want you to see? Well, they want you to see the best parts of themselves, right? Because that's right. I mean, nobody wants to, nobody wants to show their pimples, you know, or, or, uh, you know, different things. You know, like they show their best part of themselves. Absolutely. But then we look at it and we look at the worst part of ourselves and the best part of theirs and, and often it causes problems. Uh, We see an interesting trend in the modern day where there's a significant increase in mental health, mental illness as a whole. Now, I think there there can be often, as there is, is multiple factors. One is, is that we're addressing it more. It's actually being identified and actually helped and addressed. And so that's one reason for the increase. Another increase is that we live in a different world than, we, than we've previously lived in and interacted with the world in different ways and the human body responds. And so there's certainly, certainly something there. But also, statistically, I think there's pretty good evidence that social media as a whole has also contributed to mental health problems. And we see this also, especially, especially with young people. Now, what does that tell us? Well, I, I'd like us to just kind of acknowledge that, that it, 
is an issue, and that uh, particularly in our time, to be able to say that we need some help. We need some help. And I think the response at previous times has been, well, just pray it away, right? Oh, you got some problems, or if you're feeling a little bit sad or anything else, just pray it away. You just need to pray harder. If you pray better, then it'll, everything will work out in life. Well, except for we look at the gospel, we look at the lives of the saints, and life of the saints often is a life of struggle. It's a life of difficulty. It's a life of struggle against sin. It's a life of difficulty because human nature is as such. And so uh, praying it away is, although we always need to pray, okay? So this is an interesting thing. You can't always pray it away, but we always need to pray. We often do need more prayer, but sometimes that isn't all that we need. Sometimes we need to go and see a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist. We need to go and get some help, some outside help, some influence. Maybe all we need to do is talk to a good friend. Maybe all we need to do is just really make an appointment with our parents and sit down or, or FaceTime and just talk with somebody through our issues. Sometimes that's all that we need. And, and hopefully that is all that we need. But sometimes we need maybe something more. And I want us as Catholics and as Christians to think about this, again, not in a way of fear, uh, but one of reality and one of humility. The first reading talks about that. All you humble of the earth, right? None to disturb them. So there's kind of an aspect of that. There's a blessing of being humble. What is humility? Humility is seeing reality as it is, okay? Seeing yourself as you really are, which sometimes we make ourselves worse than we actually are, and sometimes we make ourselves better than we actually are. Humility is that right understanding of who we are and the world around us. And one of the aspects of that is that we need to, as well, understand when we need help when we are weak. The second reading talks about that a little bit. It says that God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. Now, this is, again, opposite of what we normally think. We think, who are the ones who are successful? Who are the ones who are going to win in this world? The ones who are strong and healthy and and rich and doing well and, and smart. But God chose the fools, foolish of the world, to shame the wise. God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. And I think this is absolutely true. This is absolutely true. Uh, St. Paul continues in the second letter to the Corinthians, which uh, right now we read from the first letter to the Corinthians. Second letter, he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, one of the humble, real acknowledgements of human nature and human reality is that we're weak. (laughs) We're mortal. We're weak. We're wounded. We didn't grow up in perfect families. We didn't grow up in a perfect world. We grew up in a fallen world. In a reality that we have a tendency in concupiscence and an irascible appetite to tend towards sin. And so, yes, we're going to struggle. And there might be many different aspects to that. And so we do need to seek help if we're going to do it rightly. And one of the places where we seek help and actually it's statistically proven by so many different studies, is that religious practice significantly reduces destructive behavior, significantly reduces the chance of suicide, uh, significantly reduces uh, just bad behaviors, and often increases. Now, again, reduces, okay? So it doesn't mean that people who are religious don't have problems. 
or don't have suicidal thoughts or don't have mental illness. Yes, all of that uh, we still struggle with, but, but thankfully it's actually, again, statistically proven to actually reduce some of those problems, but it doesn't eliminate. And so we as Christians need to, again, place ourselves humbly before the Lord, recognize that we're weak. We're weak. That we struggle. That's okay. And one of the places of strength is where we actually go and seek help. That's actually the place where we start to gain strength. Where we start to look around at us and hopefully help bring healing to ourselves and then help bring healing to other people as well. And returning back to mental uh, health to a degree, as I would say again, um, it's not good faith Faith and reason go together. Faith and science go together. Good science, if it's good science, it's true. And if it's good faith, it's true. Truth is truth. And so we see that we want good science to happen, good mental health to happen, good things that are actually ordered towards our good. And that mental health can do that. And so sometimes we need to pray more. In fact, no, 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 I should say, all the time we need to pray more, okay? But sometimes we need other help. And sometimes that's seeing psychologists. Sometimes that means doing the hard work. Doing the hard work of trying to overcome certain mental health problems. Sometimes it means taking a pill and seeking good science that helps our body to operate the way that we should. And we as Christians should not be ashamed of that. Now, we shouldn't go uh, and seek the pill first as an easy fix. But sometimes, again, in certain, certain ways, and again, this is beyond my realm. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not uh, somebody who's able to do that. But I know that sometimes that's needed. And we shouldn't feel bad about that. And we should be able to seek that out when needed. And so we as Christians should not be afraid of that. Continuing, one of the greatest problems of kind of mental health as a whole, which is sometimes related directly to mental health, sometimes not, is suicide. And we see suicide continues to increase its trend. Uh, the Navy thinks it's a big issue. In fact, the Navy has just, uh, in this area, has required all active duty that are coming into the area to take a four-hour suicide prevention class called Safe Talk. So all new active duty sailors that are coming in are required to take this. Uh, I didn't take it until uh, two months ago uh, where I got trained up on Safe Talk to be able to teach it myself. And it was, it was really insightful. It's really insightful for me, and I think that we need to have more conversations about mental health and suicide. I think we can't, what often is in the past is, oh, it's bad, so let's not talk about it. Oh, I can't imagine that somebody would be thinking about suicide, or I can't believe that I'm thinking about suicide, or, or different things. Well, it, it doesn't matter uh, what it is. We need to humbly approach it. We need to approach it in light and understanding, and to seek uh, seek the good and love of those around us. And one of the ways that's clearly proven to avoid, prevent suicide is having an awareness of it. Safe Talk uh, is a great resource. In fact, uh, I'm going to invite all of you to take Safe Talk next week. I'll be teaching it myself uh, Saturday afternoon, so at 3 p.m. next Saturday. I'll be teaching uh, the Safe Talk, and we'll teach it. For, I'll be teaching it for two and a half hours. Then we'll have a break. We'll, I'll I'll go to Mass. You can come to Mass with me, or you can take a little bit of a break, and then we'll finish up after Mass. And the intention is, is that we're able to approach it as a community of faith, 
community of people who love our neighbor, love our family, and who want to create a safe environment as a whole, who want to be aware and avoid and prevent suicide wherever we can. Because uh, certainly uh, the ending of life is, is one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest disasters of, uh, that, can, that can take place. And so we want to avoid that. And one of the things that I love about Safe Talk is that one of the key aspects of Safe Talk is awareness. That everyone around us gives us little signs. Now, we, we often don't want to talk about more serious things or, or, or anything else. We just say, right, what, what's our response if somebody asks, you're not doing well, and somebody asks you, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm fine. Right? That's right away. That should be an indicator that something else. Now, it's not always the place to necessarily go deeper, but we all hopefully have family and friends who are around us who we do need to care for. We have people in our building We have people who we live with who we should be caring for, who we should be aware of, and that we should be watching out for and to be able to offer our help and support, to offer hope, to be able to say that just because you feel weak or you're struggling doesn't mean that's who you are or that you're a bad person or that you're never going to be able to do anything good again. No, you're weak and you're struggling because you're human. That's a reality. We all are to different degrees, and that's okay. The problem is is when we don't acknowledge that weakness and we allow it to fester in darkness and despair. Jesus Christ came so that we might have life abundantly and and that we might live in all truth. And so I'm going to encourage us today to think about maybe the own own ways which we're struggling. Maybe we need to reach out and share that with somebody else. Maybe somebody else in our life who we notice has been struggling but yet we haven't really felt like reaching out to them. Who are those people? Who are those people who need our help? Who need light in the midst of darkness? Who needs our help? And, and what's amazing is sometimes by helping other people, we help ourselves. Sometimes by helping ourselves, we are then able to help other people. And so I pray that we might be able to be a community that watches out, that loves the will, the good of the other, and are able to turn this world on its head. Instead of, you know, thinking along with the ways of social media and the world of power and rich and domination, instead seek one of love and care. One acknowledgement of humility and weakness and that, uh, and that it will be better. Um, lastly, again, encourage uh, Safe Talk. I'll be teaching next Saturday as well as at the very least to be able to think about it. It's one of the troubling trends is that we see suicide, I and mean, different statistics will tell you different things, but uh, pretty significantly that we see a continued increase in suicide, especially among young people. And so I'd encourage especially parents to think about coming to Safe Talk, if nothing else, to be able to have some tools in your tool belt to be able to think about how to have that conversation with your children. Because one of the scariest things, again, one of the most despairing things about mental health problems or suicidal thought is, is that isolation. That isolation, not being able to talk to anybody, not knowing how to start that conversation, not knowing how to or when to or anything else. And so we need to help uh, be a light in that darkness. Um, again, the, my, my last statement will say is that uh, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be struggling. A lot of the times we look at the people around us and we think they've got it all together and we don't. Guess what? I get to hear a lot of counseling and I hear a lot of confessions and I think Father Jacob and I can, can both agree that everybody's kind of messed up, right? Everybody's, everybody's struggling. 
Um, <laughs> even when you look at perfect marriages and you say, well, maybe, man, if, if I had a marriage like that, then my life would be better. Well, let me tell you, that marriage that you look at from the outside might not be as perfect as you think. Or even if it is going well, what I would say is the reason why it's going well is because they've been through difficult struggle. So again, it's okay that maybe at times you're struggling, at times you feel you're weak. That isn't the end. That isn't the end of the story. It's, it's okay. And let us continue to work together as a community to reach out to our family, our friends. It's amazing to see this church full. And I, I just want to encourage us to break out of the COVID isolation, right? Talk to the people around you. There's amazing people here. We need not just ourselves to make it through, but as Christians, as community, we need those around us. And so let us seek those and let us be a light as well to those who need it as well.